This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. there and welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Russell. I'm also one of your hosts, Ryan Key. And I'm Nick. I'm the other host. And I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> God. Who's... Stop cutting onions. Stop. God. I, uh, so rude. I was a bit overwhelmed with emotion more than once this evening. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching, taking notes uh, yesterday, and Nicole was laying down just reading a book or whatever, and I, I just kept saying, it's so sad. Yeah. It's like anytime something of importance or a line or a look, I'm just like, oh, it's so sad. And the shift was like so in- intense for that, from the rest of the season, like over the rest of the show, really. Yeah. The yeah. It just like kicked it into gear right away episode nine just like here we go i know i'm like the crier like the crier (laughs) person guy but even going through the notes i'd have to reference something so i just pulled up on my phone and i'd barely have the volume on like my wife would be sitting across the couch from me i'd barely have it on so i wouldn't disturb what she was watching i'd barely hear it and i'd see the subtitles and just start to choke up (laughs) you know what i mean little parts just taking notes you know it was it was little mo- it's just little moments that like instigate the feeling like it mm-hmm. just had like goosebumps all over just was like breathing like holy shit you know this is, <laughs> yeah. this is so good yeah it's uh it's absolutely hands down some of my favorite Star Wars content ever created are these four episodes of this cartoon. It's oh yeah! By the way, we're talking about the last four episodes of the Clone Wars season seven. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do we even say that? <laughs> we didn't say it. Nope. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. This week's about the finale of Cheers. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Thank the Maker, a Cheers podcast. <laughs> Somebody tweeted something great to us. Like uh, I forgot what it was. I'm going to misquote it, but a great thing about how we're uh, in any show we think of off the top of our head while we're talking about Star Wars podcast. That's <laughs> true. We got jokes. So, uh, like we mentioned last week, we saved this last four-episode arc of The Clone Wars Season 7, the finale, the series finale. We saved it because it straight up is a film. It's a movie. Broken into four parts. Where it breaks, it's just a pause. Like It picks up exactly where it leaves off. They've never done that before. Yeah. It, it, you, you could watch them without the credits in between and just have it be a straight, straight through two-hour film. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a four-part, call, you know, called a four-part episode. But it, it's it's labeled that way. It's presented that way in that they don't use the fanfare to open the second, third, and fourth part. They don't have the narrator. They don't have any of the cookies. The fanfare they use for episode nine is the actual fanfare from Star Wars. It's not right. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. the Clone Wars fanfare. I think the narrator is there, by the way, just on the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's just it's a continuation. It's just like after mm-hmm. that, it's just like haunting brooding ominous tones 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they changed so many things about what they did for like seven and a half seasons and it all worked because it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Mr. Kiner, <laughs> Kevin Kiner, who scored the show, is in top form here. I don't know if you picked up on like the heavy handed Blade Runner vibes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. In the, in the soundtrack yeah, yeah. and like the synths that he was using really changed the vibe, dude. I mean, the music carried these episodes in a way that it never has before in the show. I think it's always been accompaniment to a cartoon, to be honest. Like, it's an adventure show, so it's, like, got cartoony adventure music most of the time, and it's great. It's Star Wars music, you know, and it got a lot better as the seasons went on. But this is just the entire four-episode arc has its own super distinct musical vibe, and... I think it's a huge part of why these episodes work so well. And he also managed to work in almost like uncut original trilogy mm-hmm. John Williams score pieces into some scenes here and then run with that and use the motifs that Williams wrote for the different characters so much more uh, skillfully than he, than he ever had. Like you could tell that he took all these years of, of trying to work his own stuff into Williams stuff and vice versa and then just knocked it out of the park like he had never done with this one man it's killer and the last thing talking about throwing back to the original trilogy the titles on screen as this starts we don't get the traditional clone wars logo the traditional fanfare each time we get the lucasfilm logo in its original form not the shiny sort of ornate logo that we're used to but the original trilogy and just whatever that simple font is in green i remember watching it having no idea that that was going to happen right? For the first time, like, you know, last year, whatever it was. And instantly I was like in a completely different mindset. Like, what am I about to watch? Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, they, the, yeah. He just truly, you know, I'm going to just say he, and I'm by he, I mean, Filoni, he made a movie. I don't know how long it yeah. is technically, you know, maybe it's only an hour, really. These, these, they're not long episodes and a lot of Disney Plus's uh killer move is to have like a 22 minute episode and five of it is credits you know (laughs) like so i don't know how long the actual show is but he made like an hour-long movie and it's just so theatrical and it sets the tone right at the top by having that lucasfilm production it's all quiet and ominous music it's just gets you in a mood for sure well you know i've been debbie downer i think out of all three of us throughout this like when there's something that is like meh cartoon or whatever as we've talked about it and the intensity with which they departed from all of those things for these four episodes <laughs> is is notable. There, as I, I texted the group, like when I was watching it a couple hours ago, it's just like no Star Trek aliens in green helmets, no like Buzz Lightyear Disney World ride looking planets, <laughs> like yeah. none of that stuff that appeals to the younger audience um, and makes it as we've talked about. Like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's a cartoon. Well, it you're right, it is until now until <laughs> yeah. these four episodes and you get into the the you really get into the early looks of the empire everything just feels gray and dark and original trilogy and star wars and it doesn't even feel like it's living in the in the prequels anymore yeah in any way like there's not they're not on coruscant so you, you don't get any of that you're just kind of inside a ship like in the old star wars the original star wars vibes are are so present because you're on an adventure, but you're in space and you're on a ship and it's, it's like all industrial feeling. And you know, the clone troopers are basically stormtroopers at this point. 
and the officers on the bridge are all in their imperial uniforms, like which we've seen some of. But they're like fully shot matching on the bridge yes, and stuff. There's a different vibe, like yes, where like the like the the admiral that's on the bridge is like standing arms behind his back, like out looking out the windows. I mean, it just has all of that. And, and I, I don't know. It, it transported me to the, the best place where, you know, where Star Wars lives in my mind the whole time I was watching it. And I mean, whatever. I'll say, yeah, I wish more. Of, I wish all of the show would have felt like that. But mm-hmm. the end might not have felt as good. It might not have been as special. Yeah. It might that Lucasfilm logo might not have dropped like the bomb that it was like <laughs> yeah. when it started. If if they, we hadn't had sort of the the cartoon adventure leading up to this, but delayed gratification. But no doubt, this is just not. It's not even the show anymore in a way. Yeah. It's 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 really is its own film that like could have been live action. It's so gnarly. And they could have put this in a theater yeah. as, as it is. It's so good. I mean I guess it just shows that my takeaway from this is that they can offer this like anyone who likes the Clone Wars and then people who like Star Wars beyond the movies 10 out of 10 like this arc. No one has anything bad to say about it. So they yeah. could go down this road. It's not going to take away you know maybe it's not going to be as impactful as live action but it's still pretty impactful they could do an entire series of adult animation and in star wars and it could be awesome dude you know what i really want to do i googled this a few weeks ago and just realized i didn't have time to even go down this rabbit hole because how my brain works i'll do it and then i'll displace all this other crap that i need to be focusing on i want to pick specific episodes I'm talking like maybe 10 total about Ahsoka and Anakin leading up to this to give to like the most skeptical Star Wars fans. In ter- like I'm thinking like Ryan from my band from Story of the Year that there's no way in hell that dude will put in the time to watch even the Nerdist list. Like he just mm-hmm. he just won't. But I also can't just say, yeah, just watch the last four. They're sick because without knowing something about Ahsoka, it's not significant enough. I mean, it'll be great, but... That last moment with Anakin and all that kind of shit, it's just, you need the rest. So I want to put together like maybe 10 episodes, then these four, and either write a thing about it, do a YouTube clip about it, or do an episode on the podcast about it, mm-hmm. and really, really like put time into thinking about what all the, the the right story beats are to tell her story in a way that makes it almost like episode 2.5, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of the prequels. The Nerdist list does hit, I mean, it's like 35 episodes out of the whole thing and it's the one that i went off of is pretty solely focused on ahsoka so to to narrow that down even more would probably be a good thing but it's that those are like the ahsoka episodes throughout the whole show i'm just trying to think of uh smallest possible attention span list yeah the people you're trying to convince to watch a cartoon (laughs) exactly that you can't you can't spoil it by going at the end vader is walking through the snow yeah like crying yeah. Inside of his helmet, looking over the wreckage of a downed Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. finding his Padawan's lightsaber in the snow and yeah. hoopering the whole time. Dude. Yeah. So gnarly. Last thing before we fully get into it. Speaking of combining things, we've mentioned this on the show before. There's a dude on Instagram who has edited together episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and this final arc as chronologically as it can be done, given the fact that certain scenes fully overlap. And he's got a Dropbox or a, you know, Google Drive or something like that link. I finally got it today. I want to watch it. It's going to be hard to find time to watch it because we're about to do Rebels. Spoiler. That's going to be our next thing. 
but I want to watch it so bad right now. Like I want to drop everything else. I want to call work and tell them I like my, one of my feet got cut off or something. I can't come in for a week <laughs> because I want to watch it even, even more now that we're in the middle of this, but that'll have to wait. Regardless, we'll put a link in the show notes to that dude's Instagram account. So you can request the link because you have to DM him to get it. In the meantime, what have you done with those plans? The final season, same as last week. There's really nothing new to talk about here. Uh, the season debuted April 17th, 2020 on Disney Plus. Like we mentioned, first time on Disney Plus. Writers Dave Filoni, through and through. The cast, everyone, that <laughs> we already talked about. But Donald Faison of Scrubs fame is listed as tactical droid in Old Friends Not Forgotten, episode nine. Yeah, he's the droid that like Anakin like kind of force pulls and chops his head off and it totally has like a droid voice could have been anybody could have been one of us it did not have <laughs> yeah. to be donald Faison. <laughs> yeah he just wanted a star wars credit yeah I, I, friends he, with someone or something i'm 99 sure he's a character in star wars resistance oh. uh the other animated show i don't remember which one though you want to talk about a cartoon for kids that's that's a cartoon for kids <laughs> it is a sweet cartoon though the style i don't know i'd be super into that if i was a kid yeah i wonder if kids were into it I hope because it's tight. <laughs> Not much else to talk about in terms of stolen plans. So we'll just get into the synopses. Synopses? Synopsises? Synopsi. <laughs> we'll get into the synopsi now. Episodes 9 through 12, Old Friends Not Forgotten, The Phantom Apprentice, Shattered, and Victory in Death. Part 1, Old Friends Not Forgotten, presented as the first of this four-part mini-movie. Opens in the midst of a battle on Urbana. Have we been to Urbana before? It's in the Outer Rim. I don't think so. It reminds me, part of Palpatine's awesome plan was to spread out the Jedi all in the Outer Rim, so a bunch of stuff could happen in Coruscant and all that type of stuff. To leave, mm-hmm. yeah, to leave the, the temple vulnerable. Yep. Pants down, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but back on Urbana, the 212th Infantry, 212th uh, Regiment, what are they called? 212th... Uh, Legion? Legion yeah. thing? 501st Legion, 212th Legion. Everyone's yelling at us right now <laughs> as they're listening to this. One of those things. 512th Tribe uh, Bowling Team. We, we talk Star Wars real good. <laughs> anyway... Um, they're under heavy attack. They're on this bridge. Looks a lot like the Golden Gate Bridge. And we get this amazing, like, for this is probably the most cinematic shot in the whole show of Kenobi as there's like an explosion, slow motion. It comes across, camera comes up, and he's just in the sickest Jedi stance with his lightsaber. Anakin walks in a moment later with swagger on 100,000 trillion and has this awesome plan. First of all, this conversation is amazing. This is the one I referenced recently where he he just like walks up on top of the like rubble and Obi-Wan's like, what are you doing up there? And he's like, <laughs> he goes, there's only a thousand droids over there. Tops. Yeah, I feel like he should be like eating an apple or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <"Yeah>, what? <laughs> and uh, he's like, we can hide down there or we can do it my way and we can just win this battle now. So he has this plan to basically fake a surrender to get the droids off guard. And meanwhile, he's got the majority of the 501st underneath the bridge with Rex and R2, and they're about to lay it down. Nick, tell us more. 
So they win that battle on that bridge, and they get a comlink little call from Admiral Yularen. Oh, Whitey. <laughs> yeah, he's getting there. They ask Anakin to come to the ship to answer a secretive holocall. It's none other than Ahsoka Tano, who they have not seen in some time or heard from in some time. She's got Bo-Katan at her side, and she fills him in on the whereabouts of Maul and offers info on how to capture him. I love Anakin's reaction here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hold this up, but it's like, <laughs> it's everything, dude. And when they actually see each other, it's... That, that moment fully lands. You know, they yeah. allow mm-hmm. it to breathe and show facial reactions and all this, this stuff. It's, it's beautiful. So Soka and Bo-Katan arrive at the ship after this hollow call, and Bo-Katan proposes a plan. With the Republic's help, she can take back Mandalore, and the Jedi can capture Maul. And cue the first tearjerker moment. <laughs> Get those tissues ready. Here it is. As Ahsoka and Anakin walk through the halls of the ship, the clones salute Ahsoka and address her as commander. She doesn't feel like she should be saluted as a commander anymore since she left the Jedi Order. But Anakin says it doesn't matter to them. Loyalty means everything to the clones. And just as he says that, a door opens up and reveals a battalion of clones who have all painted their helmets to match Ahsoka's facial markings. Dude. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, it's heavy. That is a little bonus extra cry moment within this first overall crying moment. (laughs) Anakin presents Ahsoka with a gift. Her old lightsabers upgraded with blue crystals. Ahsoka's theme plays in the background. Everybody cries. Happy cry. It's epic. I'm sweating. I'm crying and sweating right now. (laughs) Crying out of all of my pores. (laughs) The coolest part about this is how, like, from the time that they received the hollow, first of all, when she turns around, like, Anakin walks in and sees her in the hollow, and he's got the look on his face already. She turns around. She's still very upset, you know, about the whole situation, but she's there because she means business. She shows up on the ship. He's so excited to see her, and he wants to talk, and she's like, we don't have time right now. There's bigger fish to fry, essentially. Yeah. yeah. She's like, we, we can catch up later. Yeah. But by this time, she's, like, fully softened up. She's back, like, emotionally. She can't help but just be like, okay, I love you. This is amazing to be here with you, essentially. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he breaks out those lightsabers, it's, like, the best, dude. It's the best. And unknowingly to them, but knowingly to us, they're about to speak their final words to each other before mm-hmm. Anakin turns. Mm. I was sitting there thinking about it. Yeah. Just like, mm. as it was happening. Like, this is it. Ahsoka's final words to Anakin. Good luck. Crying. <laughs> crying, crying, crying. <laughs> Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, and the newly formed 332nd Division make planet fall on Mandalore. Ahsoka plays leapfrog from gunship to gunship. No jetpack. She just jumps straight out like, I got this. I mean, it's, it's again, you want to talk about some of the best Star Wars. Her just fully leapfrogging gunship to gunship, using her Jedi powers, essentially racing everyone down and beating everyone down to the deck of the landing platform with a sick explosion behind her. It's like the most cinematic, like, unbelievable thing. It looks so good, and she's so badass. And then, like, clones and Rex and Bo-Katan, they all land behind her. So she did it. She beat them all to the deck just on her own badassery. <laughs> yeah, as she takes off, right? She's like, uh, race to the bottom or whatever. And, and to she Rex, says right? to Rex when he gets there, she goes, beat you. And he goes, some yeah. things never change. <laughs> the group splits up with Ahsoka and some troopers heading towards the sewers while Bo-Katan and the crew raid the Mandalorian throne room. In the throne room, they meet Prime Minister Almec, who informs Bo-Katan that she brought the wrong Jedi. Hmm, okay. Weird. At this point, she realizes Ahsoka is about to run into a trap. 
Down in the sewers, Ahsoka and the clones meet Maul, flanked by his loyal Mandalorian soldiers, also known as Maldalorians. A.K.A. And out of the shadows comes Maul and says, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? So at that point, it pauses essentially. It's just her, Ahsoka, kind of leaning forward in combat stance yeah, across from Maul and then just literally picks up on the same shot. It's so awesome. It would be like a commercial if it was just all one long episode. So yeah. part two starts the second where it left off, Maul circling Ahsoka, questioning why she's there and not Kenobi. Because of course, he's on his mission. Yeah, he, he's doing his thing. He's the leader of Mandalore, but he's got this master plan to bring Kenobi back. And here's where Ahsoka kind of gets a little clue as to what's really going on. This whole time, too, Maul has sensed that the Republic is going to fall. He senses everything that Sidious is up to and that Sidious is going to rule the galaxy. They engage in a brief battle, but Maul says, not yet, and he escapes. Back in the throne room, Kenobi tells Rex, Ahsoka, and Bo-Katan about Sidious, saying that he has orchestrated the Clone Wars and he's played both sides from the beginning. At this point, he informs them that Count Dooku is dead, and now we are aware that the events that are happening now are happening parallel to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Very, very cool. We kind of had the sense of that just when the trailer dropped, and it was kind of unconfirmed, but we were like, wait a minute. We could almost assume that like the Clone Wars is going to end like butt up against Revenge of the Sith, but Filoni being awesome figured out a way to yeah. have the Clone Wars go into Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the m- most expertly woven, tight Amish basket. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Maul has kidnapped clone Jesse using the Force. Maul has figured out that Jesse was older and knew a little bit more than the other clones, so he interrogates him and vaguely speaks about the only plan, referring to Sidious's plan. The only plan. Bo-Katan and Ahsoka begin to interrogate Almec, but... Maul's right-hand man, Gar Saxon, kills Almec. With his last word, Almec says that Maul had a vision where the name Skywalker came to him. Definitely a few notes of the Imperial March play in the background. Mm-hmm. And this whole Skywalker is very reminiscent of uh, Yoda in Return of the Jedi. Ahsoka and crew enter the throne room to find Maul on the throne with a captured Jesse. He released Jesse, who apologizes for spilling all the beans about the Republic, Outside the throne room, a battle is erupting and Bo-Katan leaves Ahsoka alone with Maul to go and join the battle. Maul starts to play some mind games with Ahsoka with the information he got from Jesse. He mentions that him and Ahsoka were just tools of greater powers and that Sidious has already won this war. The Republic and the Jedi Council have already fallen and that Ahsoka just cannot see it. He offers his hand to Ahsoka in a very uh, Kylo and Rey kind of way and saying that they need to join forces and then together can defeat Sidious. Dude, I can't think... This part is so good. Like, this is some of the best dialogue in all seven seasons. There's so much, like, exposition happening, but it doesn't feel like it. It just... It's just great. Like, the way that Sam Witwer plays this, Maul's, like, giddy you know, over like what's happening, like the idea that everything's unfolding this way. So it's like he can't not say all this stuff. Yeah. Usually when there's exposition, you're like, why would you say that? And that's no one would ever say that in that situation. No one, <laughs> no villain would ever lay out their whole plan. But the way he, he seems to be feeling here, I was fully sold. Never for a second was I like, why is he saying all that? You yeah. know, 
it's just it's so good, man. And then you're well, Nick's about to go into how the greatest lightsaber battle <laughs> yeah. we've ever witnessed. Speaking about like how giddy Maul is, I, he's just stoked that there was a greater plan. And it was a greater plan that he's excited about because he knows that he's going to, and I think to use his own words, he's going to thrive in the chaos. And he knows yeah. that he is going to, he has a plan and we know it has to do with crime syndicates and whatnot, but he has a plan once the empire falls and there's chaos for him to kind of take over a certain part of the galaxy. To find a new niche. Yep. As they're standing there talking, the glass of the throne room shatters as the battle continues outside. Ahsoka says she will help Maul, surprisingly, but she wants to know what the plan is for Anakin. Maul reveals that Anakin has long been groomed by Sidious to be his apprentice and that he tried to lure Anakin to Mandalore in order to kill him, obviously with Kenobi, and deprive Sidious of his new apprentice. So even though Maul sees what's going on and what Sidious's plan is, he's actually kind of trying to derail it at the same time. Shout out to Ashley for how well she played this as well. Her skepticism or denial of of this news your vision is flawed yeah she's like insulted she's also kind of scared you know what i mean you can tell that like i didn't read it like she was fully like there's no way no it was like denial almost yeah yeah she found some truth in it and it scared the crap out of her Yeah. yeah she does say i know anakin so you know i think that she knows it's kind of like just thinking like i know so and so and yeah, there might be some truth to that, but there's no way everything you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, I'm sure she could see some some griminess to Anakin, but not the dark side. You know, like, I don't think she yeah, sees and the, that. Yeah, and they had talked so much about, you know, he he confided in her about wanting to leave the Order and things like that, so. And think about Luke when he finds out who his daddy is. I mean, in that scene, yeah. he's trying to deny it, but he knows it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of that echoed here. Now we begin... One of the greatest Star Wars lightsaber battles ever. Period. Ever. Just period. Ever. Period. Starts in the throne room, ends on the trusses of Mandalore. Just like up in the sky, like at the top of these domes. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. More on that later. Dude, when Maul comes out of the throne room, like when he jumps out and the, the burn mark where he... Where he jumps out is like oh yeah or doesn't she kick him his... through the, the stained glass basically uh does she yeah i can't but remember yeah, it's the shape of his dual lightsaber way, like he goes out and the lightsaber's like burns holes straight yeah, across yeah. So, so it's cool. almost like looney tune style but but it's yeah, yeah yeah epic we'll talk about that a little bit more later but ahsoka defeats maul and the republic it takes him into custody the let me die line yeah just let me die let me go let me die Ugh. that is that's the kind of stuff that is like puts this series of episodes on another level from a cartoon Mm -hmm. she's holding him in the air using the force and he's begging her to let him fall to his death come on man and when they finally get him when when troopers show up and they kind of use their like grappling hook gun things to sort of like lasso him lasso him yeah and like tie him up the exhaustion on her face when she finally lets go is so epic like, it's a small moment, but it's it's heavy. It's impactful. It's like seeing the weight on her at the end of this battle after, like, finding out all that information and then going through this fight that she almost lost a couple of times and then, you know, having that, that Kylo hand extended to her twice. It's a lot. And you see it all in that moment. She, like, takes this deep breath, sigh, kind of closes her eyes after, right after she lets go of him. It's so sick. There's something funny about, like, he has all these plans— 
to uh, thrive in the chaos. But then also, like, after this fight, he's just like, just let me die. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what, what about all your plans, bud? Well, I think at that point he was beaten, you know, yeah. like he, he felt like be, I've truly been bested. Like, this is it. Yeah. Well, and you think about, like, with those grand plans to be beaten and know that those plans are now done, not happening. Mm-hmm. He would rather die than be in, imprisoned mm-hmm. and not be able to rule the way that he planned to. Whoa, you know what I just thought of? If she killed him there, guess who the new ruler of Mandalore is? Oh. <laughs> that would have been, been a twist. <laughs> All right, part three opens up next. This actually breaks, you know, to the next scene. Opens with an alternate view of a scene from Revenge of the Sith. We're seeing the other side of a hollow conversation. Mace Windu, well, Mace Windy. You know that was the original name, right? Yeah. Way back in the in the day, yeah. it was just one of that handful of names Lucas created. Mace Not Windy. Surprised. The line, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. You know that line. Mm-hmm. We catch him at the end of that hollow conversation. Ahsoka walks in and picks up the conversation from there. So in Revenge of the Sith, it ends. It cuts to, I is it Yoda maybe on uh, Kashyyyk maybe? Either way, it cuts away. It's awesome. Nick, tell us more. Soka walks in and says she did her duty as a citizen and not as a Jedi, after Yoda thanks her for completing the mission. They inform her that Anakin is off to tell Palpatine that Kenobi has defeated General Grievous on Utapau. Ahsoka decides not to tell the Council about what Maul has said about Anakin. Big mistake. Yeah. Just avoided everything at that point. <laughs> I mean... Roll the credits. Yeah. Written and directed by George Lucas. <laughs> I mean, Watto... <laughs> Yeah. Could, have, could have sold his mom. We wouldn't be here. So many times. Wado. We could have no Star Wars. Just one really good movie in 1999. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look what it did to us. bo has imprisoned Maul in an ancient relic that subdues his use of the Force, and Ahsoka and Rex load Maul onto a ship and head to Coruscant. Moments pass with swells of moody synth score with barely any words spoken. Ahsoka and Rex converse about being warriors instead of peacekeepers and exchange a moment of gratitude. It's, it starts to feel so ending, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. In these moments, you're starting to really be like, no, this is it. It's happening. It's over. You can, like, hear the numbers changing on the clock, like... And, man, when I watched like, this last... Counting down to the f- end. When, when I watched this last year for the first time... I, I was so uneducated on, as far as spoilers go with any of this show at all. I, I, I mean, everything I watched was super new and the information was all new and there was nothing that I was like, oh, yeah, I heard that was going to happen. So this all was that feeling. I remember it of like, this is almost over. And for as much as I enjoyed all of the Clone Wars, I was wrecked by these episodes. <laughs> I was it was so Redeeming isn't the right word because there, there's so much good stuff in the in this show. But as we've talked about, some of it can be tedious to watch as an adult, you know. And there are those moments. This was like, it was like watching a film. It was like watching a new original Star Wars feature film, and I knew it was the end. So this scene in particular between Ahsoka and Rex and that moment of gratitude, as you put it, that's one of those times where you're like, oh no. Like, yeah. is Rex going to die? Is she going to die? Like, what's about to happen? Because this yeah. is this is a farewell. This is a, we're locking it up. We're tying off the loose ends. We're hugging it out. It's just <laughs> so gnarly. And think about this too. Like, Adam, you were saying, like, the clock is ticking. We know what's going to happen, but Ahsoka and Rex kind of are seeing the end of the Clone Wars here. Like, yeah. Kenobi has defeated Grievous. Dooku's dead. They have Maul. 
for all they know, the the ending is happening, but in a totally different way. Like they won to almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're feeling like a a bittersweet kind of somber moment. Like, well, what do we do with our lives now? Yeah. Little do they know, everything is about to come crumbling down. They're just bummed because, like, well, what do we do now? Why don't we just like do yeah. we? Get a, like a hot dog cart and like start a new <laughs> business or nope, you're, everyone's going to die. Cue that next tearjerker moment and maybe the ultimate tearjerker moment. God, dude. Talk about the score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Setting the stage for this. Ship is traveling through hyperspace. So you get the, the scenery of Ahsoka on that deck with hyperspace, just stars going by her. It just almost doesn't look like a like animation anymore. It's just yeah. pretty much real. And Ahsoka, traveling through space, senses the events in Palpatine's quarters as we hear audio from Revenge of the Sith playing out the events as they happen. She senses that Anakin has turned. She grabs her chest. She grabs her head. She is just floored at this point. Sidious is shown via hollow almost immediately, commanding the clones to execute Order 66. Hood, hood down, just... Oh, it's so good. It cuts to Maul's. You see Maul's eyes. He's feeling it as well, mm-hmm. right through the the containment thing. Yes, he's like sensing the disturbance and the force. Mm-hmm. <sighs> good job, Dave. Good job. Good job. Deep breath, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka approaches Rex as he shakes and fights off his commands to kill Ahsoka, just showing the slightest, littlest bit of. Free will, I guess you would call it. Yeah. As he tells her to find fives for answers. I mean, I guess everyone knows at this point fives gone, but those are the only words he could get out is, you know, find fives, you know, like as he's shaking with his guns, his blasters pointed right at her. Yo, who do you have in the matchup of best internal conflict, this or the woman in Get Out, (laughs) who's trying to hold the smile while she's crying at the same time? I might give it to Rex. Yeah, I'm going to Rex. <laughs> so we see just the clones start shooting at Ahsoka. They're just, all right, she's a Jedi. We got to shoot her. And even Rex at this point is shooting at her. She wards off all the clones' attempts to kill her and escapes. Sick escape, too. Sick, like, twist about, like, what she's doing and how mm-hmm. how she deflects all the, the blaster bolts straight up to cut out a hole yeah. for her to jump out. So as she's formulating this plan to escape the clones, she's also thinking, I got to go and release Maul, who's still in captivity, and use Maul as a diversion to create chaos so she could escape this Jedi star cruiser. She uses a droid to bring up the files regarding Fives and the whole situation regarding the inhibitor chips that we learned about in Season 6. Ahsoka separates and corners Rex in a hallway from other clones that he was with and uses a droid to communicate the information regarding the inhibitor chip via hollow. A droid stuns Rex and they bring him to a med bay to remove his inhibitor chip. In the final scene of this episode, after Rex has his chip removed, he apologizes for trying to kill her. So it's really interesting how the chip works. It doesn't just put him in a trance. He was aware of everything. Yeah. So he apologizes and informs her that the entire Grand Army of the Republic is meant to hunt and kill all the Jedi. My goodness. It's all of us, he says. It's all of us. Such a good cinematic moment, man. It's on a level, man. It's yeah, It's a movie. What's really great, too, is is we wonder throughout all of the Clone Wars, again, we know the ending, and now all these people have a relationship, and you really wonder specifically about Rex. How is this going to go down with the Rex? So this is a really exciting part of all of Star Wars, is what does Rex do in this situation? So it's really cool yeah. to just have a question that gets answered in a way that's, I think, pretty fulfilling. 
you know, as it all went down, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. He kind of executed Order 66, but he also fought it off and gave Ahsoka a chance. Yeah. And they give us this cool upcoming we're about to see in the final episode, Mm -hmm. how another clone that we know and love deals with it very differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that leads us to part four, victory and death. Opening with Ahsoka and Rex escaping the med bay, making it a point all along the way not to kill any clones in the process. Ahsoka is very much aware that this is not by their choosing, right? So she doesn't want to hurt them. Again, showing Ahsoka's like true, like apex dictionary definition of what a, a Jedi should be. There's like a great meme about Ahsoka saying, you know, I don't want to hurt the clones. And, you know, that's the first image. And the second image is Yoda just like having like target practice, essentially yeah. like outside the, uh, outside the Jedi temple, just skewering clone after clone after clone. <laughs> well, he doesn't, he do like on Kashyyyk, he like does a backflip and like just beheads Commander Gree or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh-huh. So Ahsoka and Rex are on their way out. Maul is wandering the halls, just like giving, I mean, giving his hall performance, his like, you know, top three all-Star Wars hallway performance up there with Vader and Luke Skywalker. I mean, just like wrecking stormtroopers. Like this is, maybe this could be a certain point of view thing. Like the kind of force powers that we see Maul using here and we've seen Vader use a couple times and Luke are like, like they just snorted something. You know what I mean? It's like such next level stuff, especially how he destroys, he's like, he's bringing the ship down. So instead of just like taking the bridge and taking out the pilot or whatever, he goes into the hyperdrive generator room and force pulls down the hyperdrive itself. Murders like 20 clones, crushing them with the drives. Yeah. Like <laughs> This giant thing, like the size of a school bus, pulls it down, it crashes through the catwalks and everything. It's so badass. And it immediately pulls the ship out of hyperspace and it comes like just to like a smoking, flaming halt. Yeah, like it stops not technically sound. Like that's not how you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to come out of hyperspace. So the ship's like coming apart. There's like engines falling off the back of it. Like it's, yeah. it's in bad shape. Long before they, they, you know, as we will get into in this episode, like get into the, the atmosphere of the moon that they're above. Like the ship is already pretty jacked up. Nick, take it from here. We'll, we'll stop talking now. <laughs> Once the ship hyperstops, we'll just say that, Ahsoka realizes <laughs> the ship is on a collision course with the moon and searches for a usable shuttle to escape. Here's another tearjerker moment. Rex has come to terms that all the remaining clones on the ship are willing to die as they follow orders to kill Ahsoka. She removes Rex's helmet to reveal that he is crying because he knows that crying clones. he is the Dude. only one that has the chip out at this point and everyone else is just brainwashed basically yeah that that like realization that they are just screwed like that that like sorry i'm talking again but that that like (laughs) that leadership quality that like let's go get them let's go like take care of these clankers we can we're the best soldiers in the universe kind of thing is completely flipped where he's just realizing we're screwed they're all going to try to kill me and her and us we're screwed so she removes Rex's helmet to reveal that he is crying. I'd also like to reveal that I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> she says that although clones are willing to die, she won't be the one who kills them. It's a great, great quote. There's a Jane and Cassian vibe here, oh, too. Yeah. Like, it could be, yeah. could, they could be just walking into the end mm-hmm. willingly, you know? As you do in Star Wars, Rex and Ahsoka do the whole fake prisoner thing. Rex citing <laughs> that Ahsoka is not a Jedi anymore <laughs> and she couldn't be killed. Jesse's like, not so fast, buddy. 
he repeats back to Rex that he said very specifically they have orders to kill Ahsoka. Jesse then accuses Rex of treason and attempts to arrest him. It's the best, uh, best, well, actually, yeah. exchange I've ever seen. <laughs> it could have been like an arrested development, like flashback with Rex just saying, we have to kill Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> All the droids that Ahsoka has enlisted to help execute their part of the plan abruptly lower the elevator decks in the hangar, which eliminates a bunch of clones at once. Maul enters the picture again and is also eyeing a usable shuttle to escape in. Apparently the only one, right? I think we're meant to think there's only one at that point. Yeah. They were looking for a shuttle, and at one point, I'm I'm pretty positive Rex says something along the lines of, the, every, these are all under maintenance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So not, nothing on that level or whatever was available, and it's not like they could go just running around to other levels. At mm-hmm. that point, they kind of had to get out of there. The garbage will do, That's what <laughs> yeah, you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to the droids, too, just in keeping with my theme of the night about how uncartoony this cartoon was for these four episodes. The droids even in this, oh, which is really cool and ties it back into like some of the fun we've had in the Clone Wars with all the different droids we've gotten to experience and get to know and and see in these adventures but it has that just like 3po and r2 on the death star vibe they're just like doing classic droid like plugging into the comm links and changing stuff and you know protecting the doors and finding the ships and messing with the elevators all that kind of stuff it's like it's just not it's not previous clone wars it's it's living in that like feature film world even with the fun droid stuff it's especially they not. They also all get blasted. Yeah, I was about to say murdered, they get massacred. Just yeah. murdered. Like so dark and sad. They're like screaming. Yes. That when dude. they get. Dude, just so dark. Sorry. You're probably going to get to that. And I just spoiled it, but still. It, I, dude, I felt like I was watching like like a factory farm video or something. It was like terrible. <laughs> the dude. shot where when R7 gets bl- gets blasted, he just he takes it in the dome and it's like a yeah. it's a depth of field kind of shot where like mm-hmm. he falls right into the camera and Ahsoka just kind of looks over it really quick at him but it's just like he's gone. He's dead. It's it's clear they do a very deliberate job of like no, he's g- dead. Like yeah. what you're seeing is innards inside his head like he's dead. The only thing that makes me not like bummed at it like it's sad because they they get murdered right but the only thing that makes me not bummed at it is that Filoni was smart to include Ahsoka asking them first like are you sure this is going to be dangerous Mm -hmm. before she enlists their help so So they went in expecting maybe not to come out you know I think it's pretty badass here that Maul winds up in that shuttle that one shuttle that rex and ahsoka were eyeing so Mm -hmm. maul's trying to escape and ahsoka is just trying to like force pull it and she's really got it there for a second you know but she has to let him go and uh bye bye maul see you next series buddy (laughs) rex finds one functioning y-wing and just as he's attempting to get ahsoka on board the y-wing dead falls out of the cruiser and after struggle to reach the ship ahsoka finally Free falls towards the Y-Wing and safely enters the ship. And Dude, she's like the skydiving vibe in this was <laughs> fully, so yeah, rad. Yeah, fully into uh, point break. Point break style. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Maker, a point break podcast. <laughs> Find it on the Thank the Maker podcast network. <laughs> we have to make some kind of Ahsoka Rex point break shirt. We have to. Yeah, yeah dude. Great. With a Y-Wing. Yeah, there's some amazing Patrick Swayze quote in the air where he's like, Feels amazing, doesn't it, brother? Or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, But there's got to be a great quote for that. Yeah. <laughs> Rex and Ahsoka land on this 
unidentified planet or moon. And the, the Jedi cruiser crashes and kind of is like really embedded into the, the planet's surface. Yeah, there's no, it's not a crash landing. It's just a straight up crash. Like mm-hmm. they're not just trying to like escape the attack. They're trying to escape this clearly crashing like massive ship. Mm-hmm. So nobody made it out who was in that ship. The final moments of the series play out with somber, synthy music. No lines, just the aftermath of this final battle of the Clone Wars. Clone helmets on sticks to mark graves. A hooded Ahsoka drops her sabers and heads off with Rex. Sometime later, presumably, at least another season has passed because it's snowing now. Probe droids and snow troopers, a.k.a. the Empire, finally. No more clones. We're, We're starting to see some original trilogy content here. They're searching the wreckage of the down ship. We hear a breath of Darth Vader as he walks to the exact spot that Ahsoka was standing in the previous scene. Hmm. He picks up so he, he picks up one of Ahsoka's sabers, ignites it. And we see Darth Vader standing with a blue lightsaber. Yeah, very weird. There's that. And it's like her shorter one too. Yeah. Above we see Morai, who you'll remember has a connection to the daughter from the Mortis arc. And has thusly a connection with Ahsoka. We see Morai flying above. Vader looks up and acknowledges Morai. Do you think he truly understood or recognized? Did he make that connection? Was he aware? I'm going to say I want to think yes, because I assume besides there being like a force and spirit connection between Morai and Ahsoka, I'd like to think that there's like an actual life force connection. Like if you see Morai flying in the sky, that means if Morai is alive, Ahsoka's alive. Yeah. That could be a certain point of view for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'll say Vader sees Morai and knows that Ahsoka did not die in that crash. The final shot shows the reflection of Vader walking away in the visor of one of the uh, 332nd, the clone helmet that is painted like Ahsoka's facial markings. Vader fades away. I grab the tissues. (laughs) I go, I get the pallet jack and I go into the back of the warehouse of Costco and I jack up a whole pallet of tissues and I pull it over to my living room and I use them all. <laughs> Did you feel like I'd have to watch it again and like stand up closer to the TV and see, but you could almost see his eyes mm. when he was looking up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I like, dude, come on. Yeah. Anakin's eyes in the mask. You know, if you want to dig deeper there, the way I interpret that is that that is the little bit of Anakin that's present at that point. Yeah, you know, like if you take if you take Vader as a one hundred percent of a person, his eyeball is the little bit of Anakin that's there. Yeah, uh, that scene though, I think, was to be depicted as you're watching Anakin, not Vader. Mm-hmm. I think the, that's the parting gift of the Clone Wars. Is yeah. it's always been Anakin. It's all you know. It's everything is Anakin. Everything has always been Anakin, right? Yeah. And so even in that final moment, we're all like Vader, 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 but. That's why they had him pick up that blue saber and light it and stand there for a moment mm-hmm. with it. He had a blue saber. Anakin's saber is blue. Mm-hmm. That's very deliberate. Yeah, the color of her saber is blue instead of green. Yes. Probably for that exact reason. So that we'd have this last shot. I'm sure he thought that out. So that you'd have one final shot of Anakin holding a blue lightsaber, holding you know his saber, even though he's wearing the Vader getup and has, has fully turned to Vader. That's just so gnarly, dude. It's so good. <sighs> And, and really, Misty. just the prequel and Clone Wars era ends right there. And what you're supposed to get from all the movies and this series is the depth of Anakin, the turn of Anakin. 
And that's what the whole point of us covering this is. The whole point of all these seasons and movies is to give depth, emotional depth to what we all know happened that they didn't really totally execute. Do we know definitively when, I, I doubt it, it, it's been said, but how long after this this winter scene takes place? I don't, I don't think that. Because like you said, while. those those snowtroopers are OT mm-hmm. design. Yeah. yeah. And and there's no more sticks with helmets on them. It's all, that's all been either snowed over or blown away or yeah. whatever. It's, yeah. it's definitely a while. We don't even know what planet this is either. And so. the wreckage is gnarly by, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, definitely multiple years. Yeah, yeah. And if we're, you know, if if you haven't watched the Clone Wars and you still haven't, but you're listening to this podcast, like the whole goal of us doing this for the last seven or eight weeks is to get to this point where that final scene is so heavy. You know, like that. That to me is what. If you're a Star Wars novice and you've only seen the movies, you don't have time to watch the Clone Wars. Whatever. Maybe you're hearing us talk. Maybe you watch the essential episodes. This should all hit so hard and make yeah. the movies hit harder from here on out. Add yeah. depth to the original trilogy. Everything. The The tragedy yeah. of Anakin Skywalker is the whole point of all of this. And it's just so good. If you if you get on that level and you feel it, it's sad. <laughs> sad. Feels good to be sad in this case. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Den of Antiquities. So this first one I have here, um, general thoughts about what this arc achieves. Nick mentioned it a little bit, but it really gives us deeper details as to how Palpatine orchestrated Order 66. And the big one was, like Nick mentioned, getting all of the council members spread out across the entire galaxy in the Outer Rim all over the place on different missions. So not only could they not fight together and be more easily killed in the places where they were, but the temple was left vulnerable. And yeah, a few of them got back, but the main slaughter that went down when Anakin walked in with the 501st was only possible because the place was mostly just younglings, Padawans, and non-masters. Baby slaughter. All right, moving on to specifics. In episode nine, in the opening narration, we can see some clones in Jedi viewing a hollow star map. And amongst them are a Jedi named Deepa Balaba with a young Padawan next to her named Caleb Doom. Caleb Doom, of course goes on to become Kanan Jarrus. We don't learn this until later in the series, but in Rebels. And uh, that's something I learned like just this week. I had no idea. That's tight. Here's one that really stings, dude. In the opening battle, Obi-Wan saves Cody's life on the bridge. Like something's about to drop on him, right? Point being, Obi-Wan jumps in, fully saves Cody's life. Holy shit. Talk about your all-time backfires. <laughs> <laughs> Cody being the one who actually fires (laughs) at 
It's, it's like he gets, what's that? Order 66? Yep. Hi. Anyway, I started blasting. Bah, wow. bah. <laughs> Still on the bridge, the Return of the Jedi score track that's actually just called Return of the Jedi is used during that fake surrender thing like Nick mentioned earlier. It's, you know, the thing that uh, the Family Guy parodied. Yeah. The doom. Those like kind of orchestral like hits. It's from the moment on the sail barge as Luke's about to spring the trap. Mm-hmm. about to walk the plank. And of course, R2's there. He's the wingman in both scenes. Had to fire the lightsaber through the air, though, because as we now know, the jet fuel droid stations are, have all been closed. They're gone. Dry as a bone. Every last one so of them. He can't just fly across from the barge to the skiff like he would have done in Clone Wars. <laughs> so the subspace frequency transmission, the secret message that we talked about Admiral Ularan uh, receiving that he then tells Anakin, hey, you got to get up here and check this out. The frequency is codenamed fulcrum so this is apparently what i guess anakin coined this name mm-hmm. and gave it to saw Gerrera because he at first was like oh it's saw Gerrera. he's like no you, it's not you need to get up here it's so interesting and I, we're probably gonna have to tease this out when we get into rebels if anakin named that and then saw Gerrera took it and it became a rebellion name and then uh, then uh an alias that ahsoka used after how is darth vader not aware of any of that you know what i mean yeah Good point. That's tricky. we got to try to figure that out. Speaking of Ahsoka, her new armor, which is a sick new look. It's probably my favorite of hers altogether. That armor's Beskar. Little known fact. Yeah, very cool. Hanging out with the Mandalorians. Also in episode nine, this is great. Bo-Katan says to Obi-Wan when they're, they're trying to, like, Bo-Katan's basically like laying out the plan. And Obi-Wan's like, uh, I don't know. We, I don't know if this will work, blah, blah, blah. This, you're going to bring war to your planet, this whole thing. And... Bo-Katan's like, my sister died, blah, blah, blah. I thought she meant something to you about Satine. And Obi-Wan says, I can't let my feelings cloud my judgment, essentially. And then the camera cuts to Anakin. It's just straight from that line to, hmm, hey, bud? Anakin's like, I love when my feelings cloud my judgment. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm about to kill some babies. (laughs) Um, this is a cool one, uh, kind of a deep cut if you've seen any of the, or if you're aware of any of the Revenge of the Sith deleted scenes. Anakin says, what about the Chancellor? And Obi-Wan says, Shakti has been sent to protect him, but Master Windu has lost contact with her. Why? Because she's dead. (laughs) Grievous actually kills her in a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. Lightsaber straight through the back. Dead. Bad way to go out. She was sweet looking. I haven't seen that. When Anakin gives Ahsoka her lightsabers back, they use Yoda's theme as the score there. Nice little master-apprentice moment, just like they did all those like, hey, I'm revealing something to you, young one. That's when that score tends to kick in, and this is a perfect example of that. To send troops to launch the Siege of Mandalore, Anakin proposes the idea of promoting Captain Rex to commander, which would split the 501st Battalion in half and create the 332nd Division to go along with Ahsoka, right? And since Ahsoka's not a member of the Jedi Council, they have to promote him. They, they do this whole thing. Anakin just, like, wants to make this work. He wants Ahsoka back on the team. So that's how it works functionally in terms of, like, the, the character motivation. But part of the reason I think that they may have done this whole thing is that the 501st is the battalion that accompanies Anakin to the Jedi Temple. So to make those scenes work together, because obviously Ahsoka's there with Rex, and she has to end up with Rex someplace else. But we know in the movie, Anakin has to be at the temple with all these same troopers. 
that's where that splitting up of them and creating the 332nd yeah. comes into play. That makes sense. Um, we mentioned earlier that that conversation right there where they split is the last time Anakin and Ahsoka see each other until they're fighting rebels. Tears, tears, tears. Which is probably the next awesome part of Star Wars history. Like that episode, or I think it was maybe two episodes. Yeah. That's some of the best Star Wars there is also. Next level. Maul's Mandalorians. The Maldalorians. The Maldalorians. We all noticed they had red and black armor. That is straight up a tribute to or uh, a rebranding since Maul is the, the ruler of Mandalore. So his followers are meant to kind of mimic his look with, with that color scheme. But also some of them have horns on their helmets, again, to look like Big Daddy. There's a theory that suggests that the armorer from the Mandalorian may have been one of them or a direct descendant of them because of those two little horns on her helmet. Oh, yeah. Cool. I like that. In episode 10, when Ahsoka gives Rex the order, I don't remember specifically, but she's like, make sure C-Deck is fortified. Rex says, yes, ma'am. Oh, weird. And it stood out to me. Yeah. They've never said ma'am mm-hmm. in a military sense. It's always sir. They even in this in this arc, they say sir to her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Multiple times. I, I feel like that was a mistake because it, it's Star Trek style. Like it's, it's sir regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. Okay. Episode 10. It's debatable, but I choose, in my head canon, I choose to interpret it this way. When they're having the hollow conversation, Obi-Wan is the hollow. It's in the throne room talking to Ahsoka after, you know, they're having the conversation with uh, Bo-Katan and all that. He lays out the thing about how um, all the Darth Sidious stuff, right? And says that Anakin has been been told to spy on the Chancellor, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of brutal. And Obi-Wan's like, you better go. And she's like, okay. She starts to walk away. She turns around and she says, tell Anakin... And Obi-Wan cuts her off and he says, I will. So she doesn't finish what she's saying. Some people speculate that it was going to be something about like, um, I understand, you know, something about wanting to leave the, the order. I understand not trusting. Like I understand, you know, something going back to why she left and, and, and that kind yeah, of conversation. Like season five finale. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's been suggested that it was going to be something more sentimental about him being a brother to her. So the meme is, uh, tell Anakin, I will. And the next slide in the meme is Obi-Wan on the shore of Mustafar saying, you were my brother, Anakin. Oh. I loved you. I like that. If that doesn't make you cry. Wow. Quit. Get, quit give <laughs> up Star Wars. Great. Wow. <sighs> wow. Um, speaking of hollow conversations in episode 10, I'm going to try to wrap this up here. When Maul's talking to the syndicate leaders, we see Marg Krim, who's a pike, Zetan Mage, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who's from the Black Sun, and Dryden Voss from Solo. Crimson Dawn in the flesh. The Vision himself. Very cool. The Maul versus Ahsoka battle, the big lightsaber fight in the throne room. This is, I think, pretty well known now as the first time motion capture was used for a lightsaber duel. And maybe the first motion capture ever in a Star Wars animated series. So instead of hand animating how all these characters move, they brought in Ray Park, put a motion capture suit on him, and brought in a stunt woman named Lauren Mary Kim, who also doubled uh, Diana Lee Inosanto in Mandalorian, who, who played Morgan Elsbeth. So she's been both Ahsoka in the animated series and Ahsoka's foe in, in live action in a duel. 
She is she the the sensei to the stars. Diana Lee Inosanto, who played Morgan Elspeth, is yeah. Lauren Mary Kim is okay. much younger. She's like I don't know, maybe our age. She's done a bunch of stuff. She, uh, I'll put in a link. Uh, she was on um, the Corridor Crew and talks about this. It's pretty sick. So yeah, they motion captured the whole thing. So that's why all this looks so smooth and perfect and amazing and natural. Granted, they did kind of amp it up and give it that that added animation pace. You know, they move much more quickly across, you know, through space. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, you could tell like immediately. You're like, well, what's different? This is amazing. Now we know. During the fight, Maul says something like, you, know, you have Kenobi's arrogance. And Ahsoka responds, You'll find I have many qualities for you to dislike. Which I took as a throwback to Luke versus Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. Definitely similar. Vader says, You have learned much, young one. And Luke responds, You'll find I'm full of surprises. Well, surprise, you, don't, you lose a hand. But <laughs> that's a throwback, in my opinion. Um, episode 11 when Ahsoka and the droids are trying to find Rex's chip in that med bay, whatever it is, and they can't find it. Dude. <laughs> she's like, okay, try again. And she puts her hands on his head, closes her eyes and says, I won with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And then Rex starts saying it too. Yep. That was a full body emotional experience <laughs> this time yeah. around. And we know that, of course, from Chirrut in Rogue One. You know what's interesting about that part? So in season six, when they initially scan Tup, they don't find a chip. They have to like keep looking for it. So I wonder what's up with that because they don't find it in Rex right away either. Yeah, I guess because it's an organic chip, right? Oh, yeah. Anakin's passcode to get these files to, to make all this shit uh, happen with fives, the hollow about the chips, everything, you know, to, to lead into this part. It's a protected fo- hollow. It's Yeah. So you have to have a Jedi clearance code. Yeah, his two-factor authentication code. <laughs> it's 8108, which is essentially like a condensed... It's a reference to the, the debut date of the Clone Wars film. So August 10th, 2008. You have to have your security clearance. You have to be Charlie. Call sign Charlie, right? Her call sign is Charlie, right? Yeah, call sign Charlie. Security clearance. She's a civilian contractor, so you do not salute her. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I had this counter in mind. <laughs> Your friend was magnificent. <laughs> Your friend was magnificent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this Top Gun? <laughs> Moving on. Yes, Top Gun. talking uh, about Top Gun? We are. We are. We're doing it again. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm delirious. What do we have left here? Okay. Speaking of Anakin, Anakin's lines that are pulled from Revenge of the Sith that, that Ahsoka hears through, through the Force when, when he turns are not just the clips from Hayden Christensen's performance in Revenge of the Sith, but they're also Matt Lanter's voice, essentially just recreating that. So they mixed the two. They they kind of cut those, intercut those. So it's both. And did the same with Ian McDermott. With, did the same with Ian McDermott. The droids, one of the droids, the, the three that, that help Ahsoka get Rex at the end and, and make all this happen. The look of one of them, CH33P, who's called cheap you know it looks like cheap he's got like the little uh, inverted satellite dish head but he he's an r2 shape otherwise he was based on one of ralph mccory's original r2 designs which they also used to design chopper from rebels and then the uh, the voice is is the chopper style voice which was done by filoni uh just like it was in rebels and that's it i'm sure there's a ton of other stuff and i'm sure we're really going to see it when we watch the uh the full cut together but 
this is what, uh, this is what we have right now. So that's it. You're gonna have to wait for the rest. Let's talk about the real good stuff. I love you. I know. Since we didn't have opening credit cookies and we only had four episodes to choose from, this was a little different than the rest of the Clone Wars, but in some ways more like the feature films. So we're back to quotes, actual quotes. And then we also pulled the patrons for favorite episode out of four. So I'm going to go ahead and read these quotes like we do usually with films. Then we can pick our favorite quotes and we'll do our favorite scenes as well. First one we talked about in the synopsis, Ahsoka coming down the hall in the Jedi cruiser before she meets the 332nd. As the clones are saluting her, she says to Anakin, They shouldn't salute me anymore. Not since I left the Order. It doesn't matter to them. It's a sign of respect. They know what you went through for them day after day, battle after battle. Loyalty means everything to the clones. Next one comes from Obi-Wan talking to Ahsoka. I killed Maul once, just to capture him. He doesn't seem to stay dead. Old Jet. Next one is from Obi-Wan to Ahsoka again. This is great. Seen another little facet of Obi-Wan. Some more complexity. He says, Ahsoka. The council isn't always right. That's why I'm asking for your help. Next one is from Maul. I mean, we could have a whole separate poll on what was the best Maul quote throughout this because he just crushed it. He says to Ahsoka in his monologue. You once liberated me from my imprisonment by Sidious and his apprentice. At the time, I thought Dooku was an old fool, but now, now I see he and I are the same. One step behind. The dark side has never been stronger. Next one comes from Bo-Katan. She's talking to Ahsoka at this one as well. Everyone's talking to Ahsoka the whole time. She's the star of the damn thing. She is. Bo-Katan says, I wish I was good at something other than war. It's a hell of a quote. Next one from Ahsoka to Rex. She says, As a Jedi, we were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. But all I've been since I was a Padawan is a soldier. Well, I've known no other way. Gives us clones all a mixed feeling about the war. Many people wish it never happened. But without it, we clones wouldn't exist and the last one wrapping up this quote section and wrapping up that conversation from this previous quote Ahsoka says to Rex the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers nor I a better friend that's touching stuff all right let's pick our favorite quotes my favorite quote without question is the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers nor I a better friend I think that is summing up the point of all of this like for the clones at least and being someone that didn't watch as much of the clone content my first time through because i was just prepping for the pod and for mandalorian i got a lot closer with those guys on this watch through and so that moment is just really special i think for her to give him that acknowledgement and and realize you know the sacrifice that these dudes made through this journey nick how about you that is an excellent and probably the best quote for sure But I actually just had a little thought, a little thought bubble. This Obi-Wan quote to Ahsoka, 
the council isn't always right. That's why I'm asking for your help. I feel like Obi-Wan realizes that now. He, at that point, up until that point, he has never really thought that. You know, he's been a Jedi through and through. And I think he sees the walls are caving in. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that the council was wrong. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with that one right now. He's realizing the error of their ways in this damn full idealistic crusade. <laughs> Hubris. That's the word. I, as much as the quote itself isn't like a profound, like, you know, put it on a motivational poster kind of thing. I'm going to agree with Ryan because it's a conversational, just personal kind of vibe. Ahsoka directs the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, nor I a better friend for the exact same reasons, because I, I didn't go into this expecting, I heard so many people talking about Nick, especially you were like, dude, it does so much more for the clones. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. But like, I'm not that concerned with getting invested in the clones. And I couldn't have flipped more fully 180. Well, this arc was so, you just said something about it doesn't go up on a marquee or a billboard or whatever you said, but I think this arc was so action-packed and visually stunning, and there were so many beats. I mean, look, my favorite quote actually might be, I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. Like, that yeah. That always yeah. is going to get me, right? was on the list, but could could be my... I mean, that was a moment uh, that I would pull out that the words were really connected to what was happening emotionally in the scene. And, and this quote is as well, but it was so action-packed, there aren't a lot of quotes. Like, the whole final scene with vader there's no words but it's like the most gnarly thing we've seen in all seven seasons of the show you know yeah totally. so it's just not a it's not a target rich environment a quote it's not a quote rich environment <laughs> i did it again <sighs> i love it it's what i call a target rich environment <laughs> goose even you could get laid in a place like this i'm gonna take all of the thank the maker podcasts and edit all of the top gun quotes and just have a an actual episode of the plot of Top Gun. <laughs> Let's do favorite episodes and then we'll do the patron results for both. I enjoy that you think there's going to, maybe you guys are going to surprise me and I get to go first, but really we're not, we're not unanimously choosing victory and death. Is that not, is that not a thing? Darth Vader is in the Clone Wars. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the things we already talked about: wielding a blue lightsaber, crying inside of his mask, yeah. looking up yeah. at Morai, walking away from the clone helmet. All of that. I think all the rest of them kind of tell this one story up to that moment, and mm -hmm. it could be any of them. The lightsaber fight between Maul and Ahsoka is gnarly, but for me, the final scene of the show takes it over the top. So my mine is without a doubt, the final episode. I agree. And just to kind of expand on that, I, I just like that it presents finality to the Clone Wars and enters the original trilogy, but is presented in a way, it's brilliant, really. It's presented in a way that there's only music, there's only like synth ominous tones, like we say, and Darth Vader. Boom. And we're Boom. filling in the blanks of why it's good. Yeah. You know, like... Everything that we knew from the past and what's coming after that, we don't need words, you know, like we're the ones, our emotions, everything we know that happened and is to come, we're the ones filling in the blanks and, and we just don't need lines there. And mm -hmm. it's just so brilliant. And nothing has ever been like that in Star Wars and it works. Here's my dilemma. Tell us. You've got in episode nine, in Old Friends Not Forgotten, you have the reunion of Anakin and Ahsoka, which is Mm -hmm. So great. In Phantom Apprentice, you have the best lightsaber fight in all of Clone Wars, <laughs> yeah. one of the best lightsaber fights in all of Star Wars, and 
the most epic shot for sure. I mean, like top five for sure in Star Wars. I think when the glass shatters, Top Gun, and for sure, <laughs> <laughs> like the glass shatters, the slow motion, you know, right before the duel goes down between them. And also, I mean, like some of the stuff in that fight, we didn't even mention, like when she pulls the lightsaber, force pulls it from across the room, not just to catch it, but to like a torpedo come at him and he has to dodge it. Like, it's just so sick. That's in episode 10. And then in episode 11 in Shattered, that's when Order 66 actually happens when she feels that. And then episode 12, Victory and Death is obviously like the end and everything you guys just talked about. Speaking of lightsaber moves, if this helps you jump on the Victory and Death bandwagon, do you remember... Towards the end, when they're when they're still on the ship and they're it's not like going down yet, but they're her and, and Rex are fighting. She straight throws her lightsabers into the ground, lets go of them, and f- uses the force to spin them around like lightning fast to cut the floor out that they're standing on, so that they can <laughs> fall down and get yeah. out of the bucket of syrup they're in. Yeah, dude, I, I rewound it because it, it's so nasty. She's like <laughs> blaster bolts, like you know, just. First of all, she's deflecting all the blaster bolts not to kill any of them. She's letting Rex stun them all. So that's all happening. And then out of nowhere, she just goes like, and the floor falls out. Like, all done with the force. So gnarly. That's badass, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. I, I think this is the most difficult choice yet of any episode we've done of this whole podcast. It's definitely challenging. It's just, dude, the... The Vader thing just—I mean—it goes back to what we're saying. It's—it's—it's it's, it's all one episode. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Is this is more like a feature film? Yeah. Because at, at that point, like, choose your favorite scene, and I think yeah. I don't know. Then maybe you're talking about the mall lightsaber fight or the Vader finale. I would pick one of those two. Yeah. But you can't do that. Pick a favorite episode. Um. I just made rules that don't exist <laughs> because it's midnight with huge consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. I'm reviewing, I'm reviewing, I'm reviewing. If I don't like your choice, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> We're starting our own. <laughs> I think episode 10, Phantom Apprentice, is my favorite because you've got the conversation between Obi-Wan and Ahsoka via Hollow. And the, the meme I just mentioned, you know, the interpretation of what mm-hmm. the Tell Anakin line actually is. You've got all the great Maul stuff with the clones. You've got great Mandalore stuff, great fights. And then that epic lightsaber battle maul's amazing monologue in it also my my favorite quote actually i take back what i said about my quote before there's one mid-fight ahsoka says to maul you're lucky anakin didn't show up the way you're fighting you wouldn't have lost it especially like the fluidity of her moves and like the confidence in her everything about her physicality there just works so well it's it's such a movie moment not a cartoon moment and then the end when she won't drop him and he's like, let me die, let me die, all that stuff. Dude, yep. it's my favorite. This is my favorite. It's really good. That's it. All right. Let's now see what the patrons thought. Well, I lost. Um, first place with 68% of the vote for favorite episode, Victory and Death. You came in second, though. I did. <laughs> with 18%. <laughs> Their favorite quote with 50% was, Ryan and I, or before I stabbed you in the back, was, <laughs> the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, nor I a better friend. Second place with 30% was, also from Ahsoka, they shouldn't salute me anymore, not since I left the Order, and so on. And Anakin's response. Hey, that's all good. 
All of that stuff is good. Yep. No one's wrong. That's the best part. And we've come to a close on this grand undertaking. We did it. <laughs> Eight whole weeks, guys. I just got to say, everyone listening, just that virtual high fives and applause for Adam and Nick for all the work they did on this series because I'm, I don't pull any weight. I just show up and talk. And I'm <laughs> very grateful for their efforts and all the work they do on the show and making it awesome for you guys. But this was a lot to get through and you guys killed it. I just want people to like Star Wars more. Same. People who already like Star Wars, I would just want to open more doors for them. Dutch doors. Blaster doors. Dutch door action. <laughs> How about we end it now because it's really late and I'm loopy again. Ryan Key, give us a quote of the week. I thought it would be appropriate to end with a Godfather quote. Dave Filoni himself, quote, I think why people relate to Star Wars is George Lucas is so brilliant at telling these stories that we relate to, but in such a fantastic environment with fantastic characters and things you want to believe in in this story. I agree. End quote. I want to believe. I agree. It, it resonated with me with just a fantastic environment and fantastic characters. The Clone Wars is so character driven. Uh, you know, uh, it's so focused on these characters that you get to know and live with so much longer than you do in the feature films. And obviously the amount of environments you got to see the worlds you got to travel to the systems that you got to see in, uh, you know, other species and races and in the galaxy that you'd never seen before. It was just, it's wild. I mean, talk about us, like the undertaking we went through to document the show the way we have the undertaking of making this show is just too much to get your brain around. So thanks Filoni for all your hard work. You did a good job. I know you've been waiting this whole time to get our approval, and here it is. <laughs> One last thing I'd like to say, which I feel like needs to be said in the year of our Lord Vader 2021, <laughs> is that from the movie through seven seasons, at the top of the Clone Wars, a lot of fanboys just didn't like Ahsoka. A little teenage girl, who is this? We don't want to know anything about her. And then you get seven years of character development, and through it all, you get one of the best and most important characters in Star Wars. And in turn, one of the most loved. Yeah, and just, just think about that next time you don't like something. Like, we're going to get to see characters grow. A story unfold. Yeah, story unfold, characters grow. Just trust the process and don't necessarily, you know, throw Jar Jar out the window because we don't like Jar Jar. It's like, <laughs> like let, let these characters in the story unfold. There's going to be good things. Just trust the process. Feel the force. Feel it flowing through your irritated butthole when you don't like something. <laughs> All right, wrapping it up. This has been a hoot. I'm excited to get to Rebels. That's going to be, speaking of crazy undertakings, that those aren't short seasons either. So we got a lot ahead. It's going to be fun, though. And then it's Bad Batch time. Some more real-time content. Yes, sir. Very excited. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. All of my stuff is at Adam the Skull. All of mine is at William Ryan Key. And I'm at Nick Bayside. You can find all of our merch, all of our blouses. Thank the maker blouses. All the tops. <laughs> Thanks for tagging <laughs> us in some pictures. If you are wearing your, your Thank the Maker merch, please, please, please post a picture and tag us. You can find all that at thankthemakermerch.com. And if you want to support the podcast in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. Become a patron at one of two levels, either your citizen at three bucks a month, which is nothing. Three dollars a month. Thirty-six dollars a year. That's only like thirty-six dollars. Yeah, it's like three dollars a month. Thirty-six yeah. <laughs> or thirty-six a year. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Break that down. 
by 12. What is it, three? <laughs> I'm just doing math. That gets you access to our Discord server, which is a hoot. It's popping. It's popping off. It's popping off. We got our own emojis now. <laughs> it's great. But if you want to spend 15 bucks a month, you get access to, of course, the Discord server, a little more access there. You get all the after show content on Patreon. You get AMA live streams, which we're overdue for. And then sooner than later, um, watch parties. We'll be watching some movies. We're going to try to do this extended cut as one of those. I'm pumped. Love that. Patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. Speaking of after show stuff, we're going to do a brief thing on the bit of news we got today about the Obi-Wan Kenobi cast announcement. So patrons, catch that on there. And until next time, may the force be with you. Thank you.